Recently, I have been doing a lot of self-discovery about how my heritage was impacted by my disability and how much stronger my identity as a person with a disability is compared to the identity that is determined by my genetics and heritage. As I prepare for a workshop that I am presenting at a conference in a little over a month, I find myself pausing to reflect on moments from my past that resulted in my advocacy work today and how society pigeonholes those with disabilities into the roles of advocate and spokesperson for our disabilities. While this post has been on my mind to write for the last week or so the irony of it coming out now is that the disabled community just lost one of the founding members of the disability rights movement who is truly an icon for the disability community globally, Judy Human. Disability being framed as it was during the pandemic, and, as always, receiving very little acknowledgement in the larger human rights and social justice spaces, it was a time for me to embrace and learn about the horrible history that is part of the disability community. That journey took me down many roads, eventually leading to the disability rights movement specifically located in the U.S. It was during that process I came to learn about Judy and began following the work she was doing with her podcast. Disability is viewed in different ways depending on culture, location, belief systems, and even specific types and forms of disability. I grew up in a very small Catholic community where for the first several years of my schooling, I was one of two people with a disability. Within my community and family, I was aware that I was not the only one because there was my cousin who had the same disability as me. At the same time, I was also very aware that I was different which was not always something that was received well or likable about me. During Rick Hansen's Man in Motion tour, one of his stops was where I live. He did a brief meet and greet at the local children's rehab center. At the tender age of four, I got to meet my very first adult with a disability who just so happened to be doing a world tour wheeling his wheelchair to raise money and awareness of spinal cord injury, but also in hopes of finding a cure. Everyone around me made it seem like the opportunity of a lifetime and at the time I felt that way also. I'm sure they intended it to be a way of showing me that I could be anything I wanted as a grown-up, but looking at it in hindsight, it turned out to be very different. A Paralympic athlete who accomplished such a huge thing was not who I saw myself becoming. Unfortunately, within a year or two, on a smaller scale, I and my family would do a walkathon across several communities to raise funds and awareness. It was featured in the provincial newspaper. During the early years of my schooling, there would be several student assistant strikes because the assistants felt like they deserved more money which resulted in us having to cross the picket line in order to attend school. Many times we were refused because it was deemed not safe to be at school without assistance. During that time my parents had many conversations with local politicians, as well as did radio interviews about being denied access to school and in support of the assistance. I learned two very important lessons, there was a price tag over my head and I was unsafe being in the world. During my later years at school, it became clear that people didn't understand my disability, so the obvious thing I needed to do was to educate both other students and teachers. When that went from a willingness on my part to being demanded by the teachers for other classes it became problematic. I realized quickly that I really didn't like speaking about my form of disability or my personal life to students and teachers. I developed a serious love-hate relationship with advocacy as a result of those experiences. In the news at the time, there was a local court case involving a woman with MS who was fighting the government for her right to die on her own terms. It was that case that ignited a tiny spark within me for a different form of advocacy. A few years later, there was another court case that involved the murder of a young disabled girl by her father. Unlike before, this time, I was old enough to express all my feelings about it. 
My expression of those feelings caused many arguments between me and my family. They wanted me to have nothing to do with the vigils and protests. They were refusing to get involved which meant I couldn't get involved. As we grow, learn, and change, we sometimes find ourselves leaving behind the things we once felt very strongly about. Over time, I slowly moved away from the box that society put me in. I never wanted to be an advocate because it was the right thing to do or what should do. As people with disabilities from birth, the pigeonholes we get placed in damage our ability to discover who we are, and all that we can become. In its place is this false idea that we can become anything we set our minds to, while to the other extreme, we are only seen as capable of educating others about what we live with and get pressured into fulfilling that role. I despise being referred to as an advocate and prefer being acknowledged as a trauma recovery coach, I want my advocacy seen as part of that, but not as me. I never have enjoyed and don't want to advocate for the sake of advocating. Unfortunately, when you live in a world where you are not welcomed, and not designed with any consideration for you, advocacy becomes a very necessary way of life. I have always had a burning desire for advocacy, but only to advocate for or against what I truly believe in.